Graham. Yes. I need your help, bud. Go for it. Like, bad, bad. We had a really bad, we had a bad year. Oh. You know, it wasn't good. And you've been doing this longer than me just because you're older than me and better at it than me. So my question for you is, in the Midwest, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, Minnesota, we all technically had, like, a rough year. Mm -hmm. I'd say most people. Unless I'm just bad. Um... What is your advice for warm weather, nothing really going on in your area? Like, how are you able to kill birds? Because I am genuinely curious. It's not even for the podcast. Like, yeah. It's for me. Well, you have to remember, what, you know, because I said I said it earlier, like, we, we do this every day because we have to, right? Mm-hmm. And when you have to go out there and hunt every single day, um, you are going to get, you know, on occasion – Sometimes you'll just get lucky. Um, but in a year like this where like where you, for example, where you're not getting paid to do it and you're getting out and trying to get out at any, you know, sliver of time that you might have, you know, like you might have an afternoon here and a morning there and, you know, a weekend here, that type of thing. So if the weather isn't right on those particular times and the birds are doing their stu- stupid warm weather shit, um, then you're going to sit there and you're not going to see anything. Well, when you, when you're in the field every single day and you have to hunt every single day, eventually those birds break that pattern. So you have the opportunity to be there more often for yeah. when they are feeding. Cause at some point those birds that didn't come back, they were in this field cause that's how you were able to scout them. So we get the luxury of having to be, you know, we're in the field every day for those days that they come back. Um, so, that's just a big advantage because we're, we're just in the field the more often that you're in the field, the more success that you are going to have. Of course. So let me rephrase this a little bit. Yep. So like we didn't have any cold weather. So like we were saying on the main podcast, yep. um, birds are more scattered. Yeah. How are you finding those scattered birds? Are you literally just putting on the miles as much as you can? Yes. Or are you finding a common roost point because I feel like we didn't have a common roost point this year. Yeah. There's literally all over the place. I mean, those birds are going to be somewhere. So that's, that's for us. It is just, you know, we just have so many trucks on the road driving like Mike Peters. I mean, I, I don't even want to put a number on how many miles that guy drives every day. That guy is maniacal with his driving. I mean, it, he is just drives and drives and drives and drives and drives. And you eventually go to areas that you haven't, you know, been in a while or you maybe have forgotten about, or it's a roost that you hunted a couple of years ago and it pops back into your head. Um, and that's probably, I guess, to, to your point of what you're asking, like, how do you get through something like that? Is Mike's advice to our guides is that, you know, you, you can't just keep driving the same route every day and expect something to appear, right? You have to do something, you know, you have to do something different today than you did yesterday. So if you go to this normal spot, you normally go to the right. Every time you get there, go to the left. I mean, little stuff like that. We still find, we've been doing this for, um, I think this is 16 years. We still find kind of groups of birds that we have never hunt that are in our local area that we didn't know about. We're normally there. And, hadn't hunted them before just because somebody just got off the beaten path a little bit and took a little bit different direction than they normally do went somewhere where they normally don't go. And then all of a sudden they found this new pot of birds that we had never hunted before. Do you find that with those birds that it's just that year and that instance is the reason that they're there? Or do you then find that year over year, those birds are where you find them when you didn't think they were there? 
Um, I would say it's typically going to be year over year, but then weather dependent, like for example, I mean, I wish I could be more specific on the podcast, but I don't want ever no, oh, yeah, all there totally showing up, yeah. you know, uh, in my backseat. Um, <laughs> but we had, um, this place and we call it the elk farm cause it was an elk farm with a pasture and it was not that far from our lodge and we, um, didn't know about it. And one of my guys just, and this was a while ago. So what's not that far, by the way, uh, under 10 miles. Okay. Yep. And, um, but it's in an area that is not normally, you know, we're name normally focused on like big stone and lack of parl. I can say that on the podcast cause they're well known. So we're not like, we're normally focused on those two areas. Cause those are, you know, where the majority of the birds are going to end up. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, one of my guides found, uh, the elk farm, and we went out there and we got permission and we went out there next day and we just beat the shit out of them. You know, it was like uh, a nine man limit in, you know, 40 minutes. One of those deals, like almost, almost my first perfect hunt ever. Like, I don't know if you guys ever thought about like your perfect hunt, yeah. what that would look like the most perfect hunt you've ever been on. This is my most perfect hunt that I've ever been on. And we shot them that day. And two days later, they were in a different one of this farmer's wheat fields. And then we hunted them there. And then two days later, they were back on the one that we had hunted. So we hunted them again. So, and we did that for three years and it was awesome. It was one of our best roosts. Well, then we got dry because we had that drought and now yeah. there hasn't been water in it for three years. And they're not there. So the elk farm birds are no longer a thing sure. um, until it's going to be a wet year again. Then I guarantee you they'll be right back in there. So it's just finding new areas. Just finding new areas. And, you know, on dry years like that, you know, so if that was the main pot of birds that we hunted all the time, the last three years, you would think that there wasn't a goose to be shot out there because all those birds are gone. Now they ended up somewhere. Now did they end up in, you know, a different roost that we're already hunting or so there's something else out there that we haven't found could be any of those things. Um, but you've always got to be trying to, exp you know, if you've got your one or two spots that you're always, you're always scouting, you know, there's just too much variability now with how with weather patterns and how birds migrate, like you have to be diverse. Like you have to be able to go and scout and find birds in a multitude of areas because if yeah, you have to be able to drive an hour to go scout. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. That's so tough. Yeah. It's so tough. Like in the Metro. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know. I know you have to do it. Sometimes what a lot of guys do is they'll just go on their phone and search maxed out guides and then, and they come out with us. They don't have to do any of that. And then we just put out the decoys for them and they show up with I got gun, kids, bro. license ammo. Yeah. I got kids, bro. Yeah. I got kids, bro. Yeah. Shit expensive. Yeah. No, that's awesome. No, I just, this year really hurt, yeah. hurt my, my soul, you know, because normally you can go out a couple times a year and hit a cattail slew where it's like, okay, there's 40 ducks there and then like 120 show up. Yeah. You know, and it's a good morning. Yeah. Especially for like one to two guys. Yep. This year, no pattern. Birds were here. They normally go over there. Yeah. Go hunt that spot the next morning. None of them show up. It's yep. like, ooh, that well, hurts. And it also hurts that you did not spend your entire summer thinking about how bad this fall was going to be. You envisioned probably it was be good, dude. the greatest yeah. fall that I mean, and that's what everybody does. We're always in like this man. Oh my God, this fall, we're going to go here and we're going to do this. And we're just going to beat the hell out of them. We got this new yeah. landowner. It's going to be great. Talk about the hatch being up 80%. Buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and like 
we we've gotten so much permission in the last 10 years around this area it's a couple thousand acres yeah and so i'm thinking okay if it's not hidden in this area i'll go to this area if it's not hidden in that area i'll go to this area yep. if not that then i'll go to the fourth area it's like four quadrants yep. of the metro none of them yeah and so i'm like i don't there's just not birds around you know yep. instead of going to a whole new area to look i'm focusing on the ground that i have which is a lot and usually one of the quadrants has something yeah yeah but you're saying i should have just sucked it up and gone to a completely different area well if it continually the spots that you were going to over and i mean i get it because there's comfort there and you're just totally. every time you go there you're just shocked it's easy like this cool. is going to be the day i'm going to go there and i'm going to find them in quadrant a right and they're not there. It's like, oh, okay, well, they must be in B then. Oh, they're not there either. They're not there in C. So you kind of do that but over then and over. But then it's too late. Correct. But then that's the hard late. part because every week you're like, okay, let's start the week again. Yeah. This can't be possible every week. Yep. I'll check quadrant A. And then, yep. yeah, like Joey's saying, by the time you're on quadrant D, yep. there's nothing there and it's Friday night. Yep. Well, and you're like, oh. And what's interesting, I was telling Cal about it. A buddy of mine bought from the same litter that I did. Mm -hmm. And we've stayed, we ran into each other in North Dakota, met each other, stayed in contact ever since. And then a uh, year and a half ago, we both bought brother and sister dogs. And uh, he hit me up. He's like, hey, there's a couple thousand divers on this lake. You should come and hunt. And I'm like, how? How are there divers there? There's mm -hmm. never divers there. Yeah. You know? And it was like an hour and 15 for me. So worth it. Yeah. It was incredible. I'm like, damn, I'm just not going to the right areas. Yeah. But then it was so late in the season and I had already made other plans. And so right. I'm like, I don't have time to go down there and scout and mess with other people's areas. Yeah. You know, and plus I don't want to, oh, you invited me on this hunt. Thanks, man. I'm going to go hunt the lake next door by myself tomorrow. Yeah. Like I'm, I don't want to do that either. Yep. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, and sometimes weird, you know, just weird shit happens. I mean, was it four years ago, end of October, we had hundred thousand ducks on lack parl at the end of october damn this year we probably would be lucky to have 300 you know <sighs> and that wasn't a crazy weather year it's just like all of a sudden they were there and and i was talking to one of the biologists out there i said do you remember that year he's like yeah that was wild i said why do you think that was he's like i have honestly no idea but for some reason that year I and mean, we just were loaded i mean we shot the hell out of mallard starting at the end of october and that Normally doesn't happen on lack. That's normally more of a big stone thing that time of year. Let's let me pose another question if if I can. Um, you cannot. Okay, then never mind. <laughs> so Carter, go ahead and. Uh, no, um, I was just gonna say like let's look at it from a, from like from a different perspective of it though. If you're hunting and you have birds, mm -hmm. let's say you're finding birds, but they're just not cooperating in any way. Yeah. Is there any advice you'd give that you start going through in terms of a checklist of like, we're going to change this, we're going to change the hide, we're going to change the decoys, we're going to... Well, and that's what I was going to ask. So <clears throat> does that mean that, that you're out there hunting and you're you're in the spot where the birds want to be and they just, they don't want anything to do with it? Like that type of scenario? Yeah, because I mean, obviously there's like different, I think, things that do happen, but yep. either birds completely switch where they're going yep. out of nowhere, or yep. let's say you're getting lunch lined. Yeah. You know, or birds are being really finicky. You'll get those days where mallards are, you know, 40 yards, 60 yards, yep. and then they'll spin and they'll look at you four or five times and maybe they were there yesterday. Yeah. And then they'll peace out and they'll land, you know, a mile down the road. Yeah. Like in those situations, is there anything you change? Um, you know, what's your, what's your go-to change? Yeah. Like that's, that. and that's what I mean. Cause I More know decoys. it's variable. Okay. More yeah. decoys. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I know there's arguments can be made 
back and forth one way or the other, but especially if it's more, and it's probably more field hunting than with its ducks. I would say if I was hunting ducks on water I, and depending on the size of the spread, I would be more inclined to go with less decoys and less spinners. Um, if I'm in the field, then I am probably just going to try and blow them out of the water. Yeah. And just, you know, put as comfort, put, yeah, just put as big of a spread out there as we can and just, you know, and just try and hopefully overwhelm them with numbers and, and get them to do it that way. But it, it you know, it, it I, I do think there's two different thought, you know, I think that's a different thought process for fields and there's different thought processes for water. But, um, I always feel like we're a little bit of a disadvantage when we're on water because that's where they, that's where they live and we don't. And when we're in a field, that's where we live and they don't. So mm-hmm. we have more of an advantage in the field and they have more of an advantage in the water. So like they're able to pick you out better on water. Correct. And they just deal. are able to, they're just a little like mallards, you know, mallards, if you are not, if you're hunting water and if you are not on the spot and it doesn't matter where they sat yesterday, if the wind switched a little bit, if you are not on that spot where those ducks want to be and if they yeah. want to be 75 yards down from you, that is where they are going. Yeah. I can feel the angst. Yes. As you say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. So much angst. And it's so true. Yeah. It's yeah. disheveling. Well, it's yeah. like what you said earlier. We were like, I asked the clients when they leave to turn around and look back at yeah. us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But it, when you're on water, you just like, I mean, that's just what it is like that. That is their space. That's where they live. That's, I mean, that's where they spend the majority of their life. And they know that way better than we do. Yeah. And it's just a different deal when we're, we're in a, yeah, they spend more, field. they spend more time on the water. So they really understand that the yep. field, their mind is on one thing, food. Yep. Yep. And so they're not really paying attention to a whole lot more. Correct. That makes, damn, you have really so much sense. Yeah. Changed my mindset on that. What I've to to spin on that is uh, I feel like ducks know their own species or birds know their own mm-hmm. species. So if you're hunting geese and you're putting out a bunch of goose decoys, they know what a real goose looks like. Yeah. They know what's realistic. Yeah. And so they see something, they're gone. Yeah. Same thing with ducks. They know what their own species looks like. And so what's the best thing to duck hunt with? Goose decoys and spinners. Yeah. Especially on water too. Yeah. If you have ducks here, geese here, how many times have you seen a flock of mallards dump into the goose decoys and not in the duck decoys? Yep. It's quite a bit yep. to the point where you're like, maybe you just don't know that that's fake, Yeah, but you know what you are is fake. Right. Or something was off. Yeah. They, can, tell, off. they can just tell something's a little bit off. Yep. So They're smart. Hmm. Well, thank you for all your insight yep. and yep. your knowledge because hopefully I can use that to be better. <laughs> <next. laughs> Have a better year. Joey, you're great. great either way. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I really appreciate it. All right, well, let's get to the platinum package then. Sounds great. Let's (laughs) go. (laughs) I'm a little dehydrated still, but it's perfect. It's fine. All right. Thanks for coming, Graham. Appreciate it. (laughs)